Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the extra rent you can get from adding an extra bedroom. Now, we've talked about the how of this in the past. How do I add an extra bedroom? Now, let's talk about the extra rent you can get from it and how to figure out what that's going to be in your individual situation, because it is going to be dependent on where you are in the country. Now, Let's just walk through, first of all, the process for how you would figure out, well, if I do this work, how much can I charge? And it all starts by going to tenancy services. So on that website, you can go and use their market rent tool. If you Google that, it will come up pretty quickly. Otherwise, David will, I'm sure, remind me to put this in the show notes so you can go there. And if you pop in your suburb, you can see so much data about the bonds that have been lodged over the last six months in your specific suburb. So I just want to talk about Avondale for a moment. And actually, Andrew, I'll give you the figures so that you can walk us through exactly what the state is there in Avondale. So Avondale in Auckland, where we've actually had a lot of investors buy properties for rentals. And if you look at the median rent for a two-bedroom house there, the rent is $500 per week. Now, if you're able to convert that to a three-bedroom house, then that jumps up by $100 to $600, so a pretty significant increase. If you go to four bedrooms, you're up another 110 so 700 And then from four to five is actually, or five plus, so I suppose that could be any number, goes to 880 So in that case, if you were to get a two-bed house, convert it to a three-bed, you're looking at about a 20% uplift in value. Now, of course, your property might not be the median. It might be $400 a week that you're currently renting for, or it might be $600. But you can make a pretty fair estimate, and you'd probably use TradeMe to back this up. You'd actually go through and double-check that that's roughly what it would be within your suburb. But 20% in Avondale, if you're going from two to three, and if you're then going from three to four, it's about an 18% uplift in that case. Now, you can use that data there for all of your suburbs because it is going to be different based on where your property is because there might be a particularly high demand for four-bedroom properties as opposed to three-bedroom properties, which might skew these slightly. And we are going to go through the distribution. But what I want to go through first is the aggregated data. So what I did was I had somebody go through every single suburb and copy out the data for every single suburb in the country at Tenancy Services so that so we this could... Is, is this a new nerd that you've got running around doing all your data scraping? Yeah, I've got a nerd who goes through and said with love, who goes through and gets the data so that we can run calculations on it. And what I want to do is talk about, well, what's the average uplift for the average suburb? So if you go from a one to a two bedroom house, you get about a 30% uplift in the rent. Now, of course, the issue there is that going from a one bedroom to a two bedroom house is very, very difficult because it's probably a very small unit. You're probably going to have to get a consent and build it on. It's not like you can probably remodel that house so that it happens to have an extra bedroom. Nonetheless, going from a two to a three bedroom house on average has about a 20% uplift. From three to four, it starts to decrease, only about 15% uplift, and about that again going from four to five bedrooms plus. But what's interesting here is that adding the extra bedroom is... Generally speaking, one of the highest value things you can do in terms of increasing your rent. And of course, 
The reason we're talking about this is increasing your rent or increasing the value of your property so you can realistically charge more rent is very important. It's crucial at the moment if you have a lot of existing properties which are soon going to be taxable. That's why this is so topical at the moment. And it's very interesting that when we look at adding an extra bedroom versus improving the quality of the property, it's really a night and day difference. You get more value from adding the extra bedroom as opposed to improving the quality of the property. Let me explain the evidence that I've got for that. If I look at adding an extra bedroom to a two-bedroom property, so I'm going to go from a two to a three-bedroom property, if I just look at the average two-bedroom and average three-bedroom, it's about a 20% uplift. But then we also have these things in data analysis called quartiles. So we have lower quartiles and we have upper quartiles. Maths question, Andrew, do you remember what the definition of those are? No. Is it the top or bottom 25%? Yeah, it's the top okay, and right. bottom 25%. So yes. So I just said no because I couldn't be bothered at entertaining him with his game. <laughs> <laughs> so just to explain what the lower and the upper quartile are, the median is if you were to line up 10 properties in order of how expensive their rents are, the median is the one right in the middle. So if you were to chop these two in half, it's the one right in the middle. The lower and the upper quartile is if you were to halve it again and say, well, what's the middle of the cheapest 50% of properties? The upper quartile is, well, what's the middle one of the most expensive 50% of properties? So we can use these as a bit of a gauge for improving the quality of your property. So for instance, if you had the average three bedroom home in Avondale, it rents for $600. Now, if you look at the upper quartile, so we're going to assume that that is a higher quality of property. That is why that three bedroom house is then able to charge more rent. It's only renting out for $650. So you get a $50 uplift from improving the quality of the property. But if you add a bedroom and take it from being a three bed to a four bed, you get an additional $110 per week. So generally speaking, what we're seeing is that you're getting more value from adding a bedroom as opposed to renovating it and simply improving its quality. You'll get some, but you'll get more from adding an extra bedroom is what we tend to be seeing. Now, I was talking to Ilsa over the weekend, and we've got our webinar coming up on Tuesday, and I said, well, how are you estimating this? And she said to me, well, what I often do is I go to the Property Investors magazine. She does it a bit differently to how I do it. But she goes to the Property Investors magazine, and she looks for the maximum price for an extra bedroom. So if she's got a three bed at the moment and wants to turn it into a four bed, she's not looking at the upper quartile of what's renting out in four beds. She'll look at, well, over the last month, what was the maximum price? What was the rental property that rented out for the most money? And then that's what she'll use in her figures when figuring out what she thinks she could potentially charge. The reason she's using the maximum in that case is she's pretty confident in her renovation ability and she justifiably should be confident in that. And so she's saying, well, I think I can get it up to being nicer than the nicest property that rented out last month and therefore I'm going to use that as my rental figure. So it's just slight differences. The reason I think that can sometimes might just become a little bit unstuck is because you don't necessarily know the quality of the best property that was rented out over the last month. It could have been very nice in some months, so that price might be really expensive. In some months, it's not going to be as nice, so it might be a bit lower. So it's not as stable a metric to use. That's why I'd prefer to use the upper quartile in most cases. I think one of the biggest things to kind of think about 
with these changes coming in from the government is how do I make my properties cash flow positive again if I break even now and I'm going to have to pay tax on money that I don't have where do I find that money and it's not a great solution to just take that from your personal income because there's only so much personal income to go around so doing things like getting creative and adding an additional bedroom if you can to generate an extra hundred dollars a week is probably going to satisfy that need. So start thinking outside the box rather than you know making knee-jerk reactions and selling off properties. And this is a conversation that I've had with a couple of investors this week when we've been sitting down doing these reviews. If they've got properties where there's three bedrooms and two living areas, maybe one of those living areas can become a bedroom. And in some cases, the yield on this can be quite exceptional. So going from a two to a three bedroom property in Avondale, as we said, extra $100. So roughly five grand a year. We've often talked about the fact that ballpark, the government's changes will mean that you've got additional costs of roughly 5k a year. So that can potentially pay for it there. The yield on adding the extra bedroom can be quite significant. So Andrew, what's the cost of adding an extra bedroom to a property? $10,000 if you're just putting up a wall and and a few extra switches and stuff like that. So you're getting a significant return on investment if you're getting $100 a week on that. So that's about a 50% gross yield on that additional expenditure. What do you think about people going through the consenting process to add on an extra bedroom at the back of a, a property? That's a different story. So if you're going to go through the consent process, there's time, there's quite a lot more money involved in that. Now you're talking about a hundred grand rather than ten grand. It's probably not worth it in a lot of cases. Well, in that case, if you did that and got the extra hundred dollars a week, so five grand, if you were spending a hundred grand to build that extra bedroom, that's only a five percent yield. So in that case, it's probably less attractive. Now, I do need to say as well that if you're using this method, you sometimes have to be a bit careful because there are certainly suburbs that I can see that are getting, or at least when you're using this method, appearing to get a 70% uplift in rents, some 80%, some 90%, depending on what's happening in those individual areas. Now, there was one suburb in Wellington, actually, that appeared that if you added an extra bedroom, you went from a one-bedroom house to a two-bedroom house, it appears as if you would get 12 times more rent. Now you say, gosh, that's enormous. Which suburb's this? How do I get there? Well, it's less about what's actually happening in the suburb and more some flaws in the data. So this is Ofero Bay in Wellington, and a two-bedroom house there rents for about $700 a week. And one-bedroom houses there, if you were to read the data, says about $53 a week. Now, what I think is probably happening there is there might be one one bedroom house within the suburb and it's either being rented out to a friend for very, very low levels of rent or it could be a miscalculated rental increase. It could be a one room that's being rented out, but it's been mischaracterized or miscategorized as a one bedroom house. So you do have to be a little bit careful when you're looking at suburbs that have very few properties that are being rented out in them, you also have to be a bit careful when you see really extreme examples like that because you probably know that something else is going on there. It's the same with the likes of Royal Oak in Auckland. So a two-bedroom apartment there rents for about $550 a week. But if we were to look at a one-bedroom apartment there, you can see that the data is saying $76 per week. But it looks like there is only one one-bedroom apartment in Royal Oak that's been rented over the last six months, again, probably either a miscategorized or miscalculated figure, or more likely the fact that it could have been rented to a friend or something along those lines. 
So that is why I would always recommend checking out TradeBee as well, just to confirm the data you're pulling out rather than getting too excited when you get some of these more extreme figures. But hey, look, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to come along to that webinar with Ilsa, then tap or swipe over the cover art. I'm going to drop a link in there to the webinar. It is happening on the 27th of April, 7pm. I look forward to seeing you all there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.